Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is Believe in Georgia Dogs Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Scored a touchdown earlier in a direct snap. Now it's Michelle's turn running all the way. Gets to the edge. Sonny Michelle will send the Dogs home to the championship game. Fifty-three and a half yard drive near hash. Kick right. Snap. Hold. Kick is away. It's reaching. And it is good. 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 Hot pot does it. All right. Hot pot. Dogs with an up and out. Wide open. Touchdown. Israel Truth. What is up? It is the Believe in Georgia Dogs podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Also coming at you on Brinks TV. Joining me as always is my main man, Israel Troop. Israel, uh, give me a hunting update. Uh, what's going on? Um, we have seen more big bucks going to school than I have in the woods recently. Um, they're huge. Um, thank you for bringing the cold front this time. I really appreciate it because we're starting welcome. to move a little bit more. Um, so we'll see. I might I might go before the um, SEC championship game starts on Saturday. So you never know what you might see. There you go, man. We'll we'll make sure you get some good pictures if you get a good one. So uh, we we got to see that. Um, but anyway, uh, we we've got an action packed show. Uh, the coaching carousel is rocking and rolling. Some some new updates since we last left each other, Israel, on Monday. Uh, so we'll talk about that a little bit, and uh, we'll talk about the SEC championship as well. Uh, our show is presented by betonline.ag. It is got all the new, all the latest odds. Israel, I just played a 12 team money line parlay if I, for $10. And if I win, that's going to net me $2,600. Ooh. Yeah. It's uh, it's, it's big I time. Need, so. I need to get in on this. Yeah. So uh, if you, if you go all of the uh, FBS games, uh, that are available on bet online. There's about 12 of them right now. Uh, you can, uh, you can, you can get in on that. Mm-hmm. Just go, just go all money line and, and you're good to go. Oh yeah. That's I'm definitely about to get into that. So, but, but to do that, you have to head to the new and updated 
web uh, desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code believe 50 to receive your bonus from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports bet online. It's where the game starts. Well, um, Israel, all of our social information is scrolling down below if you want to follow us. Uh, but to, but joining us tonight are two very special guests from uh, Tide Talk Sports. It is Jake Thomas. It is Stacy Blackwood coming in to talk SEC championship with us. They're, 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 we're welcoming them in our homes. Jake, Stacy, how goes it? Man, what's up, Corey? How y'all doing? We are great, man. Hey, good, good. Yeah, thanks for having us, guys. We, we're glad to be here. And if you recognize that man uh, on, in the bottom right corner, that is Jake Thomas. Also, uh, he joins me on SEC After Dark, and we we, we chop it up on there. So uh, we like to have fun. And uh, if you recognize Stacy's name, um, it's because he is a regular in our chat. So uh, mm-hmm. glad to have you guys, man. Lots of lots of things going on. Lots of things to talk about. Uh, but Jake, you and I. Uh, pre-show we're discussing brian kelly to uh to lsu and uh the the latest with him man it is i you know the culture fit was something we talked about you know it's not his coaching acumen that's gonna that's gonna hold him back but it's gonna be that cultural fit and whether or not not only baton rouge but will the team buy into him uh sounds like he took a step in the wrong direction today yeah i was just watching a video from uh you know, that they had put out uh, the day of him meeting with the players and, and a bunch of fans. And, man, he, he was trying to use a Southern accent, and it was awful. He said, family. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, it's it's going to be it's going to be bad down there, I think. I mean, I I just don't know. You know, you mentioned last night, Corey. How's he going to uh, to talk to these Cajuns down there? I mean, he ain't going to stand one word they're going to say, and they ain't going to stand him. <laughs> he is a Yankee through and through, Israel man. He's got a. He he might have to bring bring back Coach O as an off the field assistant just to translate. Man, let me tell you, I get asked all the time. Um, I don't sound like how I look, especially when you listen to me on the radio. Um, and I got asked today about uh, Brian Kelly, and I said the first thing when I heard him speak, he said to players that. They just found out you're the head coach that I'm not here to win football games. So why the hell are you here? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Well, why they fire, why they hire you? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But um, like you said, champions think, of life, champions of life. <laughs> yeah, champions of life get you fired. Um, <laughs> yeah, ask Bush Jones think, about that. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I think he'll. I think. Coaching X's and O's, he knows it backwards and forwards. I think he'll be fine that way. But like you said, I think the culture and him being in Baton Rouge. And I think he, first thing he's going to have to do is get people around him that are Southern that have been either have ties to the SEC or, um, know the, the background of that area, because if he doesn't, he's going to get around town simply because he can't interact with people or mm-hmm. the players or boosters or anything like that. Because like you said, he's been a Yankee all his whole entire life. And then you bring somebody like that to not South Georgia, but I mean to the South, to LSU. I mean, I don't think he can handle a seven o'clock game in Tiger Stadium. I don't think he can handle it. 
No, I don't think so either. And and Stacy, this seems so so silly what I'm about to say, but I mean it really is a big deal, especially in recruiting. What's going to happen when he walks into a recruit's house in middle of nowhere, Louisiana, and they're having they're having uh, crocodile gumbo, and it's spiced up to like you're going to be breathing fire. Like what? Like how's he going to react to that? I mean, he is he is as Yankee as it gets when it comes to all of that stuff. And like, he ain't never had anything like, like Cajun food probably. And, and so, you know, how, how big of a deal is that even? But that's what I'm thinking about the recruiting aspect of this is I can't really see Brian Kelly, you know, wading through the swamps of Louisiana to try to get some of these high profile recruits. And uh, I just, I don't see how he's because recruiting is all about relationships. We all know that it's, and I just don't see how he's going to be able to develop relationship with people that he has nothing in common with. So mm-hmm. I'm not sure how he finds the common ground being where he's from. And I mean, it seemed like he was the perfect fit at Notre Dame. I don't know what happened there that made him want to leave. I guess money did. I don't know, but Notre Dame can pay. So I, I, I don't know. It's, it's unusual both that the LSU would, would go after him. Then also that Brian Kelly would even entertain coming to LSU simply because mm-hmm. of, of the culture shock that it's going to be to him. And uh, it's, it's kind of like Brian Harson going to Auburn last year. If, mm-hmm. if, if Harson hadn't surrounded himself with all the, pl- all the guys that he had on his coaching staff that are, you know, from this area of the country and have experience in this area of the country, like Mike Bobo and, and, and Derek Mason, who had been a coach at Vanderbilt, I, it might've been even worse for, for Auburn this season. So uh, I'm not sure Brian Kelly's uh, going to have a very long stay in Baton Rouge. Well, we'll see who he hires. Um, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting, but uh, not off to a good start. Got to, you know, for him to even get to the coaching part of it, he's going to have to do some relationship building and right. not try to make some phony, phony accents. But uh, looking at football scoop, um, it looks like some shocking news coming out of Virginia, uh, not to go believe in ACC here on you, but uh, <laughs> Bronco Mendenhall, who had done a tremendous job building up a Virginia program from literally the ground. Um, he is, uh, he's going to step down uh, after the bowl game. Not sure why, um, but that mm. one opens up, not saying they're going to make a huge splash uh, in, in their hire, but I mean, I, I think when when you look at Israel, what Dan Lanning, the prospects of him, I mean, he becomes an interesting candidate in a lot of these jobs, like Virginia, even Oklahoma, he's an interesting candidate there. Although I think ultimately they probably go with Venables. But, um, you know, do you think Lanning goes for that? Um, if I was him, I would. Um, I, I think uh, Virginia's, I don't, Virginia was a baseball school. That's where I remember Virginia for their baseball school. Um, and then over the years, uh, Broncos done a great job of making them relevant in the ACC. Um, you know, taking teams to the wire, being prime time, things like that. So um, I think it's a very, very good job. I think it's a very good stepping stone job to start with the ACC being the ACC that it is now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it'd be a good job uh, bringing in the new face, bringing in the right pieces um, to make that thing work. Um, but at the same time, with everybody making such big splash hires. Um, although Dan Lanning would be the top of my list of guys to go after. I don't think Virginia try to go after him. I think they're going to try to make a big splash with somebody who's got fired about two years ago. 
you know, um, somebody like Bill O'Brien. That's what I think they would probably go after. Oh, uh, don't do that. Virginia, don't do that. You're better than that. But I, I know these two, I know these two right down here would, would, would love that. <laughs> I know they would. That's why I said that. I know they, <laughs> they were, they were crossing their fingers. Virginia tech, uh, it was down to Bill O'Brien and Brent Pry, And, uh, ultimately they went with Brent Pry. What, what do you guys think about that hire? Former, uh, former Vandy defensive coordinator, uh, been a longtime James Franklin, uh, assistant. I love it. I think he's paid his dues. Um, I think that's a great job for him. You got to think the Hokies are very defensive minded. Um, right now he needs to get him a good offensive coordinator. Um, and I think, uh, with his mindset and what they've already been able to establish defensively, you get a good offense, you'll be fine. Absolutely. Stacy, Jake. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I'm, I'm with uh, Israel there. He, he paid his dues. It's time for him, him to get a good job. But, you know, we talk about all these head coaching hires and, and I think all of us know this. It's really about who they hire to to support them and to lead their mm-hmm. offense, to lead their defense, their special teams, and you know their player personnel. The the coaching staff is really, you know, kind of what makes makes or breaks a, a, a tenure as a head coach. So it's about making the right hires once because you know all these guys can coach football. If we're being honest, there's there's not a guy in college football right now that can't coach. But can he lead an organization? You know, and that, I think that's what guys like you know at the top of their game like Kirby and Nick and and all these great coaches. That's what they do they're, they're leaders of their organization they allow their coaches their assistants to, to coach the team and uh so that's going to be big for all these new hires so it's just about finding the right assistants absolutely and and some other some other interesting uh as far as the, the coordinators for our respective uh teams that we are fans of in universities and things like that uh it would seem that colorado state has opened back up steve adazio is gone um and uh you know fresno state is still still looking for for somebody um auburn is is zeroing in on their offensive coordinator to place mike bobo i think they're looking at zach hill from arizona state and israel i'm sorry to report this i really hate it for you but graceland college uh, naia in iowa is no longer accepting applications for head coach mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm so disappointed. Um, you know, me, we were really, me and the wife talked about it last night. We were really um, hoping to get that job. Dang, nabbit. I know. I mean, <laughs> it, it, it's cold seven months out of the year there, probably. No, nah, because so, I'm good. Middle, <laughs> middle <laughs> of nowhere, Iowa. Well, um, that's going to wrap our uh, coaching carousel talk for Is there uh, anywhere for, in Iowa that's not in the middle of nowhere? <laughs> I mean, you do <laughs> speak some truth there. You yeah. do speak some truth. Maybe Iowa City, but still, that might be in the number two. So, who knows? I don't know. I don't know. But uh, that's your uh, that's your football scoop report. Um, the coaching carousel just ever so spins. Uh, Troy is uh, John Summerall is going to be the next coach of the Troy Trojans. Let's see where he's from before we. I know ADD radio is blazing. Uh, he's Kentucky's co-defensive coordinator and inside linebackers coach, John hmm. Summerall. Hmm. He's going to Troy. So um, anyway, 
Well, let's uh, let's talk about the reason why you guys are are actually here. I know you guys weren't aren't here to talk about LSU's co- uh, hiring of Brian Kelly and <laughs> the fact that he hates gumbo and is not going to eat all the weird stuff that you eat in the by by you. Uh, there's a game happening this weekend, uh, three o'clock CBS Mercedes Benz Dome. The number one Georgia Bulldogs take on the number two Alabama Crimson Tide. Uh, Jake, you and I went. Uh, at length. So uh, we're going to let Stacy and Israel do most of the heavy lifting tonight. Uh, Stacy, on a scale of one to 10 with about, I don't know, a minute and seven seconds left in the ball game. How nervous were you that Auburn was going to take that iron bowl? Be honest. Well, it, once we got the ball back, well, when they stopped them on fourth down and made them punt, up until they punted inside the five-yard line again for like the 30th time in the game, I felt I was like, hey, we got the ball with Bryce Young. There's a chance. But once once I saw they were going to have to go 97 yards, I was like, oh, that's going to be pretty tough. But, uh, you know, I'm glad the players don't think like uh, some of us fans do. So, <laughs> But, yeah, just being honest, it, was, it wasn't looking too – too good for, for the tie, but you know, that's, that's why you keep playing. It's a 60 minute game for a reason. So you, you don't quit till the clock hits zero. And, uh, you know, I'm glad the players kept fighting, you know, they never lost focus in the game. They never, you know, looked like they were, you know, beaten up or, you know, they were playing like they were, you know, poor pitiful me. They just, they just kept playing and, uh, props to the defense for keeping them in the game and allowing the offense, you know, to later come along in the contest and and win it for them there in, in overtime, four overtimes. So. Now, now, Coach Troop, put your put your put your coaching visor on for a second. All right, mm-hmm. you're the head coach at Auburn University. You mm-hmm. you have uh, you have a lead on mm-hmm. Alabama, and pressure has been working just about all night. You've been you've been tattooing uh, Bryce Young. Uh, you've been getting to him, rattling him, making him see the, see the rush. Uh, you're in his head a little bit, unforced errors, things like that. Are you going to ratchet up the heat or are you going to play more of a prevent, keep everything in front of you? Um, we awesome. actually had this conversation today with our, uh, with my defensive coordinator. Um, I told him that Auburn, I, is the stupidest team I've ever seen in my whole entire life. Um, first of all, the four, what made them even get the ball back, the play call. I get it. I understand what you thought things we should have done, but you understand he's still young. I mean, you know, he's trying to get yard. He's even fighting his way out of bounds. He kicked the ball off. I think they got about the 15, something like that. And you play prevent and rush three. You hadn't played too hot all night long which you've brought pressure, you've played man, you've played zone, kind of disguised everything, but you haven't played off and too hot the whole entire night. But you wait with a minute and some change left to play two man against Mechie and all them horses he got and give Bryce Young all day to throw the ball. You're an idiot. You deserve to lose that game. Yeah. Now, you should have won after the thing is the second or third overtime, whichever one it was, but you put number 23, who's a liability out there again on Mechie. And what does he do? Make him look stupid. Mm. So some very bad, questionable calls, but you got to think you lost that game in a minute and like 10 seconds. And that's mm-hmm. a problem. Mm-hmm. You let this, you let this man drive. 90 something or 85 yards for a touchdown in a minute and 10 seconds. Mm-hmm. That's a problem. And they work the sideline. 
Exactly. That's the crazy part. It, I mean, they had the sideline all all day long, and they allowed Bryce Young to be able to climb the pocket and and deliver the ball downfield. I mean, Jacory Brooks had a had a big night uh, just in that last series. Uh, Billingsley had that huge catch on fourth and seven, where Auburn had a, a glimmer of hope. Uh, Mechie with that outstanding whip route or pivot route or whatever whatever you, you you guys call that i call it a whip route myself but it was a um, great whip route just just and he had just bro- just broke him just broke him just, off and it, it was a thing of beauty uh on on that but um you know offensively for for alabama I, you know coming into this game to me you know they've got some things to fix in the run game i i think them not being able to run and sustain a running game is unacceptable uh, for, for Alabama to be able to do. I mean, they've been able to run at will on teams and now you've got, you know, you've got some guys banged up obviously, but still, I mean, Trey Sanders is not a slappy. He's a, you know, former, what former high four star five-star kid. I can't remember exactly what his uh, recruiting ranking was, but um, it was pretty high nonetheless. And, And so for them not to be able to run the ball and run the ball consistently, I just don't get it. And, and I, it just seems very, clunky, very discombobulated with Bill O'Brien, almost like he's just reading off a page and just choosing, okay, it's second and seven. Okay. I'm a robot. I'm going to go with, all right, here's my second play call. Uh, twins, right. Deuce, uh, 17 zone. And he just, just reading it, not even really watching the game, not even really getting the flow of the game. Yeah. So that's exactly what I was going to ask. What do you guys think about? He's completely abandoned the run. And you can see that it's all against Auburn. Um, right. You see it from game to game, depending on how the game flow is going. He'll completely abandon the run, uh, which us coordinators are all guilty of from time to time. But mm-hmm. when you're coming from Bama, um, you have really good tight ends. You got great running backs, play action, things like that, that um, Alabama does well. Mm-hmm. He just abandons the run, just straight up just says, I'm not going to run the ball anymore. Yeah, I think that's been one of the biggest complaints of the entire season from from the album of fan base is the you know unwillingness to to uh, you know to, you know just really commit to the running game to to Brian Robinson and, and Trey Sanders and you know like Corey mentioned there's there's three or four guys that are out for the entire year with injuries in the running back room so that's that hasn't helped either. But uh, the, the fact, I mean, Ole Miss is like the only game that, that Brian Robinson was really just fed. I mean, I think he had mm-hmm. nearly 40 carries in that game. And and, and you saw how Alvin was able to handle Ole Miss in, in that contest. That that was really a, a big factor in that game. So that's been a big frustration from, from us Alabama fans on Bill O'Brien. Corey, I'm with you. Bill O'Brien lacks imagination on offense. There's no creativity. It's very by the book. It's, it's almost robotic. Like you said, I'm glad you put it that way. That's, that's really how it seems like it's, it's clunky. There's no, uh, adjustments made. It's just, uh, yeah, it's, it's third and four. This is my play call on third and four, regardless of how the game flow is, has, you know, kind of made out throughout the contest. So it's, it's been really frustrating to watch. Now, with that said, we're still a a top 10 offense in the country, but I think that has a lot more to do with, with the dudes on the field than it does with the, with the coaching or the play calling. Want to take a second to talk about our new sponsor, Lightbox. 
Say goodbye to dull gifts, lightbox, lab-grown diamonds are the brightest gifts of the year. Using cutting-edge technology and innovative techniques, they've cracked the science of sparkle, creating the highest quality of lab-grown diamonds you can find at a light price, $800 per carat. They have the same chemical makeup of natural diamonds, but are just grown in a lab. Because of their process, you can create stones in blush, pink, and beautiful blue, as well as classic white. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the gift that you'll never want to take off, priced so that you won't have to. They really have, they really do make any outfit sparkle. So visit lightboxjewelry.com to add sparkle to your holiday shopping. That's lightboxjewelry.com. Lightbox diamonds, never a dull moment. Now, from y'all's perspective, how how do you attack? How do you attack Georgia from y'all's perspective? Uh, I th- I think Jake, you, I, I hate to cut you off, Jake, but I, I think you need to go. I think Alabama needs to be up tempo, and I think Alabama needs to be willing to take. I know this is such a cliche statement. Take what the defense gives you. Don't don't try to beat Georgia in one play because you're not going to beat them in one play. It's a sixty minute contest. And I think Bill O'Brien, like I mentioned, he's got to be a, a little more, uh, you know, creative in his play calling. It can't be so scripted or so robotic, like you said. It's just you got to attack Georgia in multiple ways because they're they're an elite defense at all three levels. So you have to be you have to be willing to to take what they give you, but then you have to play. So you, you do have to be aggressive in some aspect. You're going to have to take some deep shots because you're not going to be able to march down the field, you know, in ten or twelve play drives against this defense. So take your shots when they're available. Hit the shots when they're there. So it's it's about playing tempo, and then executing on offense. And uh, obviously, it's going to come down to the offensive line as well, which has really been a big question mark all season long. Yeah, no doubt, Jake. I mean, is is that pretty spot on? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I I really think that we need to try to establish some kind of run early. You know, just just to keep keep you guys off balance, uh, and maybe you know, if we're having some success, pull those y'all will pull those safeties up just a little bit, and then we can hit JMO over the top. You know, because he is our deep threat, and uh, if, if you leave him one on one, he's going to get past you know a corner or a safety. So. You know, I, I I do think we need to go up tempo though a little bit, do some quick slants, and uh, if they stop them, then then so be it. You know, you know, but but it's it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a challenge to like Stacey said to get up and down. You know, in ten to twelve play drives against this uh, defense. You know, Alabama hadn't really done a lot of RPO. What you know, like they've seen with Tua at quarterback, that was so successful. Yeah, uh, there's been far less RPOs with Bryce Young, and that's a little bit surprising to me. It seems like he would kind of be he's in that mold of a of that type of player, like a Tua, as far as his ability to to get the ball out quick and, and make plays that way. So that's been kind of surprising as well. So, and, and you know, who who knows? Bill O'Brien maybe. Yeah, ready to pull something out of his sleeve this week, but uh, uh, he's obviously going to have to do something because this this Georgia defense is is elite a defense as there's been in you know the last decade in college football. I mean, you're either elite or you're not. So from from our perspective, Israel, when we're uh, defending that Alabama offense, um, to me, I mean, you know, you, you got to treat Bryce Young the same way we trot taught uh, or we treated, I'm sorry, Hendon hooker uh, where we, you know, you, you lock up the receivers uh, and, and, and you put heat on them uh, and do not allow them to climb the pocket. Uh, you have to, you have to collapse the pocket from the middle and, and just force him 
to, to dance, to, to move around almost, almost like NFL teams scheme against Russell Wilson. You can't let him dance in the pocket because he'll, he'll dance and climb in the pocket and then he'll uncork one. Next thing you know, you got uh, Jameson Williams, 60 yards downfield doing the touchdown dance. <laughs> if I'm, if I'm the Georgia defense, I'm treating um, Bryce Young like we did uh, Tennessee, like we did Hooker. Um, treat the receivers, um, you know, kind of, kind of how we did Arkansas, um, more of a bend, but don't break, you know, but as you're bending, you got to understand at some point they're going to take it deep. Um, you know, Bryce hadn't scared me running the football at all. Um, and I think that's what you guys are alluding to with the RPO situation. Mm -hmm. Um, even with them not being able to run the ball with the running back, at least you can give them something to where the quarterback is using his legs. That's what Tua did well. That's what Hurst did well. Uh, that's what uh, Blake did well. I mean, that's what all those guys that's come through that system have done well. Um, and, they, and he had been used a lot, which, like you said, he may pull something out of his hat um, this Saturday. So you never know. But uh, I hope he's not listening to this. But um, <laughs> if I'm if I'm Georgia, I'm making sure that I'm spying him kind of like Bo Nix. So. What we did, what do we do against Bo Nix? We kept him in the pocket, and when he mm -hmm. did scramble, he was not able to get upfield. He was not able to climb the pocket, and that's one thing that Bryce does well. He climbs the pocket very well. His eyes are always downfield, mm -hmm. so you're going to have to take that away from him. somebody's going to have to be in his face at all times. Whether you're blitzing, whether you're stunting, whether you're disguising anything, somebody's going to have to be in his face. I mean, just as a receiver. Oh yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, it, it looked. I think you just cut out there for a second, but yeah, I mean, just having to make do something simple as an off balance throw off his back foot or just an out of, mm -hmm. you know, out of rhythm throw. And then from the receiver standpoint, that's really who you have to stop. I'm giving you three yards cushion. That's it. If I give you five, like, like Jake said, you can run a quick slant and then we all know what happens when they run slants. They take those to the house. Mm -hmm. um, I'm sitting at three yards and I'm catching, I'm bailing, you know, just disguising things in the secondary. I'm not playing too high because they find holes very well. Their their receiving core is very very good. If you play too high, they find the holes. So you got to mix some zone. If you want to play too high, you're gonna to have to disguise it. Um, it's gonna be a lot of cat and mouse, uh, really. Right. Um, if you study Alabama, um, you know you you can't outcoach yourself, mm -mm. and that's what we've done against them year in year out. We're up and we're beating them, and then we outcoach ourselves. Um, so in this game, it's going to be, you know, play ball, you know, like, like Kirby says, you're the leader. You're not, well, this is where we're going to find out how elite Georgia is. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So I think, you know, Israel, you hit the nail on the head, man. Just, we have to keep the pressure up. We have to, and, and not only on the quarterback, but on these receivers too. I mean, they've got to be able to, we, we've got to force them to make contested catches all night long. It, it's got to be catch hit on the ground or if it's not, if it's not broken up, I mean, we've got to harass these guys and make life difficult for them. And, and, you know, I think our, our cornerbacks can do that. Kendrick and, and, and Ringo are two of the best in the, in, in the country. But, you know, I, the, the one player I worry about Israel and you know, you know what I'm about to say, we, we, we <laughs> talk about him. DB coach. I told our DB coach, he's a huge Georgia fan as well. And I said, there's one player that scares me. And we both said his name at the same time. Latavius Brini. 
Mr. Brady. You are correct. Num- number thirty-six. If I'm Alabama, that's who. That's who I'm attacking. Number thirty-six. Oh, I'm, I'm circling thirty-six, and I'm running out routes and whip routes on him all freaking night long. I'm putting I'm putting Jaleel Billingsley on him, and 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 it, it's on. So, I'm glad I'm glad you brought up Billingsley because I think the tight ends for both teams could really be a major factor in this game. Brock Bowers is as good a tight end as there is in the country, and uh, just as a freshman, and and we know the talent that Billingsley and, and Latou both have. They haven't been utilized as much this season as most thought they would be. But I think each team's tight ends could could play a pretty big role in this game. Yeah, I haven't seen y'all's tight end put his hand in the dirt yet. Yeah, it's it's why I, I I don't understand the the concept that we how do, I just don't I don't get it. I have a lot of frustrations with Bill O'Brien. <laughs> yeah, I I think uh, I think Houston fans are laughing at y'all right now. Going, did y'all really take Bill O'Brien? I mean, Saban outdid himself on this one. You know, yes, the, the Saban the Saban mm-hmm. school of coaching. I, you know, you knew there was going to be one people that failed, right? There's there's always got to be one, right? So. <laughs> Um, on the tight ends, on the tight end situation, I think for both teams, they just gotta they just gotta find those mismatches. Whether it's on Breeny or you know whoever y'all whoever y'all's version of Breeny is, um, you know we, we've got to find that for Brock Bowers. And you know I, I think with with the tight end matchup, you know don't count out Dar- Darnell Washington. He is an X factor as well. I mean he is mm-hmm. he's a freaking NBA player sitting out there uh, <laughs> playing. And then John Fitzpatrick is good in his own right. So. I mean, you got three tight ends right there that that can get, that can that can pack the mail. I mean, we've uh, several times we've employed that bunch formation with uh, with thirteen personnel, where you have Fitzpatrick uh, on. That's the, tough to uh, cover. <laughs> he's on the point. Then you have Darnell Washington, and uh, and and flanking them is is Brock Bowers, and they run these breakout. Uh, concepts from from the bunch formation, and then you have Jermaine Burton or, or somebody else on the on the solo side over there. Man, it gets it's tough to defend. Hey, what's the status of Pickens? He's cleared. Uh, I don't. I mean, he was limited obviously against Georgia Tech, uh, Israel. I, I don't know if, if you're hearing any more than than I am, and I, I expect him to be full go. Right? Yeah, from what I'm uh, from what I'm hearing, he's 100 percent ready to go. Him and Blaylock's about. 90, 95 percent. So I'm, I'm hearing both of those guys are going to play. Pinkins definitely is going to play, and Blaylock should be able to come in as well. We should be full go. Um, that's what makes this game so exciting uh, more than others. You know, every time we meet up, somebody's either hurt or status is unknown. But I think everybody's pretty much going in. Other than you, couple of running backs for you guys, everybody's going in. Pretty much full at full strength. Yeah, Alabama may be without their starting center, Darren Dalcourt. He's uh he got he got hurt against LSU. He tried to fight through it in the Iron Bowl, but he he couldn't make it past halftime. And uh, Saban pretty much told him and said, "Nobody's going to question your toughness, uh, but you but you can't play right now. You're not playing well enough because of the injury." So yeah, uh, he he's still kind of day to day. So Alabama could be without the starting center, Darren Dalcourt, and and Brian Robinson is still day to day as well. So it looks like it, it might be at the Trey Sanders show for Alabama in the backfield, and he's the only, you know, you know, pretty much hundred percent healthy running back for Alabama that's on Scott. Scholarship. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Jalen Armour Davis is day to day. Yeah. Starting corner. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, Cooley come in and has done well, but, you know, I, I would rather have that experience there, you know, so I'm hoping he can play. 
But you know, I I, I don't I, I try to never yeah, injuries are pretty tough right now. But man, you gotta play with the dudes on the field. They're all on scholarship right. down there. I mean, no excuses huh? when you when you when you go between them white lines. You just you gotta buckle up and play. So I yeah. mean if you're not ready to play against the Georgia Bulldogs, uh I mean, maybe you don't need to be wearing that crimson and white. So uh, it's just kind of it's kind of the way I look at it. There, I know Georgia's got great players. Alabama's got great players, and uh, there's there's plenty of guys that that can play football. And it's uh, injury. Sh- uh, sure, it, it it would help if Alabama had a few more healthy running backs, maybe. But yeah. you got you, you play with the dudes you got, and 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 made the best team win. That's that's kind of how I look at it. No excuses from the injury standpoint. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt, no doubt at all. So, you know, Israel, I think the biggest question for us is what what answer do we have for Will Anderson? Uh, the, you know, nicknamed the Terminator. <laughs> um, he is one of the most disruptive players in the country. Um, you know, I think three of the most disruptive players in the country are on the field uh, Saturday in the Mercedes-Benz Dome with Anderson, mm-hmm. obviously Jordan Davis and Dakobe Dean. But you know, how do you, you know, how do you scheme to to neutralize a guy like Will Anderson? Uh, first thing I'm using is tempo. Um, by using tempo, you kind of make him stay in one spot, um, no matter what what hash you go to or how, how you tempo him. Um, he can't really flip. So you kind of know, all right, he's on the right this time. If I tempo, he's got to stay on the right. You know, secondly, like you said, when we got 13 personnel, you got three tight ends on the field. Well, three of those guys can play receiver as well. Mm-hmm. You know, so you don't have to change personnel, which means that Alabama can't change personnel, mm-hmm. which means he can't, he has to go where? To the weak side, which means now you've neutralized him to that side. Now you just move running back over there. Now you're one-on-one or you have anything to the outside. If you want to throw out the screens that we do quick game, anything that, that you have basically have to manipulate the, the defense to do exactly what you want them to do. Um, but their defense is predicated on what he does. You know, unlike our defense where you have seven guys, you have to worry about what they did on their defense. Unfortunately this year, thank God for them. <laughs> they only have one person you have to worry about on their defense, but he can pretty much, control the game by himself so i mean you just kind of got to maneuver around him and kind of figure out what he's doing um which he kind of tells you exactly what the secondary is doing too no matter where he lines up exactly it's going to be a huge huge game for for stetson bennett i think when you when you look at what what he brings to the table what he's brought to the table so far i you know i'm surprised israel i uh that he would get us this far you know i i, I never knew that he was going to elevate to this level. I'm glad that he did. Um, but this is going to be a huge monkey off his back. If he can just get the ball down the field and just not make these catastrophic mistakes that he did the last time around uh, against Alabama, where he had the lead at halftime. And then all of a sudden, boom, two, two bad interceptions right there in the second half and the game just goes back in and swings in their favor. So, you know, for Stetson Bennett, you know, what are his big keys? Um, he, he's only has one for me, and that is, in the words of my old defensive coordinator, don't be dumb. Um, he is very aggressive at times where he shouldn't be, makes the wrong read every once in a while, which is, you know, every quarterback does. But sometimes you're just like, Stetson, what the hell? Like, I know if I see the people just on TV or if I'm at the game and I see him, I know you see him. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. um, just don't be dumb. Is really it for me? Um, to hit your check down. 
Um, you don't have to be a hero. Um, punt, change field position. Because we've seen if you can play defense against Alabama, you can stop them. Yeah. And Bill O'Brien does allow you to do that. Uh, fortunately for us, I mean, there's a lot of things going in our favor in this game. Somehow they're still 11 and one, despite all of that. Um, but uh, that's that recruiting right there. That's, you know, Dan Mullen, if you're listening, uh, that's why you recruit. So that wouldn't, wouldn't early. Yeah. Early. <laughs> that's why you recruit early and often uh, because when you get a, when you get a lemon as a coordinator uh, you don't have to, you know, you can win despite him because you have superior talent. Um, so uh, for, yeah, for Stetson Bennett, don't be dumb uh, and, and just feed, feed your guys. Take easy. That's, per, that's pretty good advice for anybody. Really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Being a coach, man, you hear so many singers, man, and just a couple of them just stay with you. Mm-hmm. And that is one that, that stayed with me, you know, even in my career now. Um, I tell my quarterback all the time, don't be dumb. Just <laughs> do what, take what they give you. Don't be dumb. He knows exactly what it means. I tell kids throughout school all the time, don't be dumb. And they know exactly what it means. Yeah. Don't be dumb. Exactly. It's it's such sage advice. And do they listen? Not all the time. <laughs> nah. <laughs> no. Nah. Nah. All right. So, um, well, our, our clock is ticking. So uh, we're going to go ahead and get into a, a, a little bit of pick segment here. And, and Jake, thankfully for you, you've had a warm up uh, exercise at this, but uh, we're, we're, we're going to pick some of these FBS games. Like I said, before you guys jumped on here, I took a 12 team parlay, all money line. So I didn't have, I didn't pick against any spread. Uh, so I just, I just picked winner. So hopefully I go 12 and 0 on that. Um, if I was bold and, and, and put 90 down, I would have won 21,000, but um, let me just risk $10 and we'll, we'll go from there. All right. Um, so can I, can I say before you start that this is the first time that I've been excited to, I won't be able to watch them all, but at least record every single championship game that's being played. There are oh. some great championship games on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. And there's one on Friday, tomorrow, um, as as we record on a uh, on a Thursday night here. Um, there is one. Well, when you're seeing this, there's one later on tonight. Uh, Oregon and Utah, the rematch. Utah just Ooh. kicked the ever living you know what out of Oregon. Um, the first time they played them, I mean, it was it was not even close. It was it was total bully ball. Um, Kyle Whittingham's one of my favorite coaches in the country. Glad he's staying at Utah. Glad Utah's starting to have some success now. They may win their first Pac-12 title here. Uh, Utah is two and a half point favorites. Not a huge line. Oregon still ranked ahead of them um, solely by the virtue of uh, two losses versus three losses. Israel, I'll start with you. How do you see this game? Is this game being played at Levi Stadium? Yes. I got to go with Utah. For some reason, they have Oregon's number. Mm-hmm. And after that first game and just watching them completely just dismantle Oregon, they took everything away from them. Um, they always say it's hard to beat a team twice, but if one team can do it, I think Utah can. Jake? Yeah. Are you, cha- uh, are you changing your mind? <laughs> no. I, uh, my pick last night was Utah. And uh, pretty much for the same reasons they were just said, I mean, Utah absolutely dismantled Oregon, and uh, I know adjustments will be made from Oregon, but Utah just got the number right now, it seems like. So I'm picking Utah. 
Stacy. Yeah, I'm going to go with with Utah as well. I'm I'm with Israel. It's 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 rare that teams beat an opponent twice in one season, but but the with the way that Utah beat Oregon, it just looks like they're the better team. So I, I'm going to go with Utah. Mm-hmm. Israel, I didn't listen to you the first time. Learned my lesson. <laughs> going to listen to you now. Uh, taking Utah, uh, the first game to to quote a great philosopher Eminem. It was a good old fashioned, passionate ass whooping where they got their shoes, clothes, and hat taken. So I've uh, taken the Utes here. It was boy, Ooh, that was man, ugly. It was it was brutal, man, brutal. So uh, we go down. Uh, this isn't the Dr Pepper Big Twelve Championship from. Actually, the the Pac-12 championship is from the the Death Star in Las Vegas now. Oh, I definitely taking Utah then. Yeah, don't change anything really. But um, they've been waiting to get away from that mountain. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, so Baylor takes on Okie State in Jerry's World. Uh, that's a that's a noon Eastern kickoff. Um, Israel. Mm. After watching the OK State. Oklahoma game and watching what Baylor did to Oklahoma. I'm going Baylor. I think they've run to have a good plan um, to stop Spencer, um, which is pretty much their whole entire offense. Um, so I'm definitely going to go with uh, Baylor on this one. I could be wrong, but I think I've, I got a good feeling about Baylor in this one. All right, Jake. I can't remember who I picked last night in this game, but I think it was Oklahoma State. And uh, I want to stick with that. Uh, looks like they're they're probably one of the best teams in the Big Twelve, and uh, they've already beat Baylor once. So uh, I think the momentum is riding with Oklahoma State right now. I'm going to pick Oklahoma State. Stacy, uh, I'm going to go with Baylor. I think that uh, they're the overall better coach team. Uh, so I, I'm going to go with with the Baylor Bears. The Bears, the Bears. So for me, I, I think right now. Um, Conventional wisdom would probably have me go with the Bears in the rematch, but Spencer Sanders is red hot right now for for Oklahoma State. Mm-hmm. They they are again. They have a lot of momentum coming off of Bedlam, uh, a huge win in their mind. You know, it's one of those. You know, it's kind of like the it, it's been going the way of kind of like Georgia Georgia Tech, where you know Oklahoma, it's what they're supposed to do. Oklahoma State is their freaking Super Bowl, so. Um, they're riding high. They're hoping to get, you know, their first big 12 championship in a long time. Um, so. And Gundy has been known to nut up in these type of games. Just keep that in mind. That's he true. Has, he, he has, he has, but for the sake of my 12 team parlay, <laughs> it's gotta be the cow. How about them Cowboys? Come on. One time, Mike Gundy, one time, one time. All right. Um, the, the next one will take us out to uh, Dignity Health Sports Park in Carson, California, home of the LA Galaxy, and also temporary home of the San Diego State Aztecs. It is the Mountain West Championship. They are six point favorites over Utah State, uh, who got in over some crazy tiebreaker scenario. Uh, the Mountain West never fails as far as drama goes. Israel. I'm going to San Diego State. Um, those guys are playing some really good football. And I got a chance to watch Utah um, State last week, and I was not impressed. So I'm going with San Diego in this one. Jake? 
Yeah, I'm going San Diego as well. Uh, they've been playing really well this year, and uh, they're a really well-coached team. So I'm going to pick them uh, to win this game. Stacy, San Diego State. <laughs> no, <laughs> no explanation. No, no. About it. Very yeah. matter-of-factly. Yeah, I, I like the way Brady Hook's got him playing. I mean, they, this is probably the toughest they've been in a long time. They're such a such a physical team. They took it to Boise State uh, last week um, and just kind of erased a, a lot of doubts there in my mind that that, that I had of them previously. So um, give me uh, give me the Aztecs. Um, next, we head down to Cajun Field, uh, which will maybe soon be renamed Ed Orgeron Field. Uh, if they make if they make this higher, come on, Louisiana, do not screw this up. Higher Edo, um, they they host Appalachian State for the Fun Belt Championship. Uh, App State is three point favorites. Israel, uh, they're about to send Billy Napier out with a bang. I'm going to Louisiana in this one. Yeah, I picked Louisiana last night uh, on our show, uh, and I think they are going to send Billy Napier out. They really expect the guy, and uh, they're actually happy for him that he got a better job, and he let that program in great hands for the next guy. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm going with uh, Louisiana off the yet. Give me the Cajuns. <laughs> well, dang. Okay, I'll be different again. I'm going with Vegas. <laughs> give me the Somebody's got to give Appy State some love. Right. Somebody's got to do it. Somebody's got to do it. I'll do it. All right. Give me Appy State. Uh, they're, they're three point favorites somehow for a reason. I'm not sure how, but somehow. Um, <laughs> all right. Next on the list uh, from Nippert Stadium in Cincinnati, Ohio, the Bearcats are 10 and a half point favorites over the Cougars of Houston. Can Luke Fickle get it done and secure his playoff spot, Israel? I think he's going to, I think, um, to put the icing on the cake and to solidify his spot, I think he has no choice but to win this game. Um, you know, shout out to my man, Doug Bell. He's the defense coordinator at Houston. Um, but I think uh, Cincinnati is a little bit too much for him just because they have so much to play for. Um, I'm taking the Bearcats in this one. Jake? Uh, I think Houston, keep it close. Uh, you know, they, they had – I think they lost their first game against Texas Tech, and they looked pretty bad. But but they rolled off eleven straight wins and looked very dominant doing it. Uh, Cincinnati is really really good, but you know I, I think Houston can cover the spread and keep it closer than ten. But I think overall Cincinnati's going to win. Stacy. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Bearcats. Like Israel said, they're just playing for too much right now, uh, a chance at the playoffs. So uh, I'm going to go with Luke Fickle and the Bearcats. Yeah, they're on a mission. Um, yeah. And thankfully, I picked the money line, so it doesn't matter about the uh, about the spread. But I do think they I do think they cover this thing. They win by fourteen. It's tight for a long time, and then they pull away late in the fourth quarter. Give me the Bearcats. I will agree with y'all this time. Um, all right, next, Bank of America Stadium, Charlotte, seven o'clock on ABC. Uh, Pitt takes on Wake Forest. This will be a fun, fun game. Pitt is three point favorites. Um, against Wake Forest. So, you know, obviously Wake Forest can't stop a nosebleed, but they can score at will. Uh, something's got to give in this game. Pitt plays pretty good defense. Kenny Pickett is great in his own right. Uh, I see a shootout, and uh, that's going to affect my pick. And I'll tell you in a minute, but Israel, I'm going to let you take this one. I'm going to hit. I'm um, taking the better defense in this one. Um, 
watching Pitt play all year. Um, their defense has really impressed me. Um, and Pickett is a dang good quarterback. So I'm going with Pitt in this one. Jake. I picked White uh, in our picks. Uh, and uh, I, I said I, I sent enough uh, against Tennessee. Honestly, if, if Hendon Hooker was playing in that game against Tennessee, Pitt would never won that game. That's just my personal opinion. Uh, and I think Wade's offense is, you know, been playing lots out here lately. So I'm going to go with Wade. Stacy. Uh, give me the Pitt Panthers. Uh, I like Kenny Pickett. I like their defense. Uh, you know, Kenny Pickett's in his uh, 10th year of eligibility there at Pittsburgh. So uh, I think uh, I think he's going to lead his, uh, his uh, senior adult Pittsburgh Panthers to an ACC championship. <laughs> This is your discounted IHOP. Yeah, yeah. He, he's been there so he's been there so long. He's run the full cycle of of pit uniforms all the yeah. way back to the Dan Marino specials. Correct, absolutely. Um, but that's not going to be enough for him to uh, to win this one. Uh, they are favored by three. I do think even if Wake Forest loses, they keep it close. I think this thing's going to get into a shootout. Uh, and Wake usually keeps those things close, if not win them. Uh, that's their game. So I'm going to take Wake Forest here. All right. Our next game. We move to Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis, Indiana. Uh, a game that seems way out of reach right now as we speak. Number two, Michigan takes on number 13, Iowa, uh, for the Big Ten Championship. That was uh there was some high drama for that uh, Big Ten West spot that Iowa ultimately took because Minnesota won Paul Bunyan's axe. Mm -hmm. uh, to me, this one doesn't seem as close. Israel, I think I know who you're going to pick, but go ahead and let go ahead and give it to me. I expect Michigan to beat the hell out of Iowa. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I really yep. do. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, do do we have any? Is this is this going to be a clean sweep here? Yeah, that's, yeah. that's probably 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 pretty consensus here. Iowa well, has zero offense. Yeah, that's true. Um, I, I'm I'm taking Iowa to get beat by 17 points or more. Yeah, yeah. That's mm -hmm. just not 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 hard at all. So uh, that brings us last and certainly most. Mm -hmm. Um, the SEC championship. You thought I was going to say, uh, you thought I was going to say Kennesaw state versus East Tennessee state for in the, <laughs> in the second round of the FCS playoffs. Um, Kennesaw state go owls. There you go. Had a boy go owls. Um, I'm also going to say go Skyhawks. Um, my, my team, UT Martin, shout out to Chris Polizzi, um, who is our recruiting, uh, coordinator for, uh, for our area for Metro Nashville. So, or for the mid-state, at least. Anyway, uh, Georgia takes on Alabama. We have discussed ad nauseum what needs to happen. Now we're going to predict what's going to happen. Georgia's six-and-a-half-point favorites here. Israel, do the dogs cover, or is it a tight one? Um, I like Alabama the six-and-a-half points. Uh, um, the six-and-a-half points seems, seems very good for me, uh, some because it could go either way. Um, these games, with the exception of last year, have been close to a touchdown or a mm. field goal anyway. So um, I like the six and a half points, but I'm taking the dogs there. <laughs> go, go dogs. Um, Jake, what, what do you think? Like I said last night, 
it's that's what it's going to be like all game long. <laughs> it's going to be neck and neck battle, and mm-hmm. uh, and and honestly, whoever can win in the trenches is going to have the advantage in this game. And uh, you know, I, I it, it could go. It's going to be a close game, and it could go either way. Like Israel said, uh, Georgia can win by a field goal. Alabama can win by a field goal, but. You know, I got to be a home and pick Alabama, but uh, but it's it's gonna be a close game. It's gonna be a fun game. There you go, Stacy. Well, this is obviously the the toughest matchup for for either team of the season, and uh, like Jake said, it's I can't I, I would lose my Alabama fan card if I didn't pick the Tide. But uh, <laughs> just real quick, why I think Alabama is going to win. Uh, you know, generally when you get to championship games uh, here, especially in the SEC or in the college football playoff, the team with the elite quarterback wins nine times out of ten. Out of ten, mm-hmm. I think. With all due respect to Stetson Bennett, Stetson Bennett's a really good football player. He's done a really good job for this Georgia offense. He's got a fantastic story coming from a walk-on to where he's at now, leading the number one Bulldog team. But as far as elite quarterbacks, the elite quarterback in this game is Bryce Young. I think Alabama wins on a last-second field goal thanks to another late drive by Bryce Young, 24-23. to 23. All right. Um, I've done it all season. I'm going to continue to do it here. I like the dogs six and a half. I think this defense is going to be too much to handle. Uh, I think it, like I said, it's going to be tight. Uh, George is going to kick a field goal late to kind of as an insurance, as an insurance. And it's going to be, they're going to push it to about 10, 10 points uh, about midway through the fourth quarter. Uh, and, and that's going to kind of put those insurance points up and uh, give them a little pad for them to close out the game and win the SEC championship. So give me the dogs and the six and a half. So, um, uh, that, those, those picks went just about as I saw them. As I saw them <laughs> so it's all good, man. Yeah. No surprises. Um, <laughs> no, there's no surprise. Yeah. But we, we had a, we had a big giant clock up here and, uh, I think that thing hit, hit triple zeros a long time ago. Uh, Courtney's <laughs> probably burying her hands in her head going, what in the hell these guys go over all the time. So, um, <laughs> With that being said, that is going to wrap us up for tonight. Uh, Again, we thank you for watching. We thank you for listening. Uh, However you found us, however you stumbled upon us, whether it was on YouTube, uh, the various Twitter accounts that we're echoing across or Facebook accounts and all that jazz. uh, We thank you for for finding us. Uh, Subscribe, comment, stick around. Uh, Come back. Uh, for come back for more, come back for seconds. So it's like it's like Thanksgiving. You can never go go to the buffet line too many times because this mm-hmm. this one will not run out. So our uh, our social information is scrolling across the bottom. Believe in dogs on YouTube. Uh, Believe in Georgia dogs on YouTube. Uh, you can uh, subscribe to us there. Uh, follow us on Twitter. Uh, Jake, Stacy, uh, where can they find you guys? Yeah, you can you can find the, us on the on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. Just search for the Tide Talk podcast, and you'll find us there. Uh, you can you can find uh, my Twitter at Blackwood eighty nine, and uh, we would we really appreciate you having us on to, uh, tonight to talk about this this great matchup. And like I said earlier, may the best team win. I think it's going to be a, an epic matchup, like most Alabama and Georgia contests are. Yeah, it's going to be a fun one. So that's awesome. And, uh, you know, you can catch me. You can catch Jake and I on uh, SEC After Dark, too. 
uh, across. Yeah, they get enough of Jake, man. Don't, I mean, <laughs> he, he don't, he don't, he doesn't need another shameless plug. Yeah, if, if I pump him up anymore, his head won't be able to fit in the fit in the. Yeah, frame. it's barely in the screen now. <laughs> hey, we got a treat for everybody on SEC West or the SEC of the Dark Knight, so it's just gonna be me and Corey. So you know, we're gonna hold the fort down for him. We are. That should go over well. It's gonna be it's gonna be great. Well, what do you think, man? Well, you know, yeah, you know, it'd, it'd be like King of the Hill. We'll just be sitting there. Yep, mm-hmm. yep, mm-hmm. yep, yep. It'll be fun. Steve, Steve yeah. will be on uh, Space Mountain, uh, yeah. tweeting at us. I, t- I told him he's got to log into the show from Space Mountain, and we'll get Israel from the deer stand. More than likely. We'll a live live report from the deer stand. Live report from the deer stand, or or uh, however you, I don't even know how you how do you hunt hogs when, when you when you go hog shooting. Um, we're actually going next weekend. Um, it's at nighttime, so it's you just, be lots of fun. Do you just trudge through the woods and you see one and then shoot it, or you know how, how do you? Oh, no. how, no, 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 no! You don't trudge anywhere when there's hogs around. <laughs> they are very, they are dangerous. They are very dangerous. Yeah. Shows you how much yeah. I know about hunting, right? <laughs> no, we we um we actually bait them up. Um, they've been kind of tearing up stuff. Um, so we we're kind of baiting them up now, kind of getting them in a routine um, to where we can kind of get them out of there because they're they've torn up two deer stands and things like that. So. Um, I mean, deer feeders, not deer stands, but, um, they, they're just, they're, they're obnoxious little nasty little animals, but, um, I'll let you know how that goes real soon. There you go. Well, you should, uh, you should have dinner for quite some time. So, so that Bob report from the deer stands, you know, yeah. You might, you might see me doing sign language in between there. <laughs> He's like, Georgia, they did uh, very well with Stetson Bennett throwing passes down the field. <laughs> He's throwing passes down the field. Oh, hold on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Got me one. Yeah. Then, then he celebrates mid, you know, mid-sentence. Now, that'd be mm-hmm. fun. We got to do that. Yeah, yeah. Live, live from the live from the deer stand. Well, th- this really went off the rails pretty quick, didn't it? <laughs> it did. Usually, how all of our shows yeah. do, though, Corey. To be honest, I mean, it, you know, it just happens. So, uh, but that, that's going to do it I for just, us. I do want to say this too before we leave. Stacy yes. has the most perfect broadcasting voice I've ever heard in my whole entire life. <laughs> yeah. Like you should broadcast football games or be on the radio broadcasting or something. It's like you have the perfect voice. Man, I appreciate that. That means a lot coming from you. I appreciate that, man. My voice is the guy on the other side that just showed up to the game after a couple <laughs> and just got a hot dog and some peanuts. Is like, yeah, man, I don't know what they're doing down there, but it looks good. <laughs> they're doing something, but that damn coach is an idiot, man. Fire him. <laughs> <laughs> Sound like boom higher now. Yeah, man, <laughs> yeah. Come on now, buddy. Come on now, boy. All right. Now we are officially off the rails. Courtney is probably shaking her head vigorously now, going, Oh my God, these are my idiots. So uh check out the Tide Talk podcast, check out SEC After Dark, check out Israel and I on Beast of the East as well. 
Uh, mm-hmm. And you can always check Israel and I out here every each and every week on the Believe in Georgia Dogs podcast. We thank you for listening. Thank you to our guests, Jake Thomas and Stacy Blackwood from the Tide Talk podcast. It was a pleasure to have you on, guys. And uh, we'll see you back here next week. Hopefully, SEC champs. Go dogs. We'll see you back here next week. Go dogs. This is the Believe in Georgia Dogs podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. All right. Good job, guys. And yes, I was shaking my head. What in the <laughs> Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight Lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.